Are you ready to talk sports with one of the leading sports journalists of today? Welcome to All Around Sports with John Inglesby. John's years of experience as a journalist has allowed him to net exclusive interviews with top players, former players, commissioners, and owners. John and his guests are ready to give you the straight word when it comes to sports. Now, let's talk all around sports. Here is your host, John Inglesby. Voice America listeners, welcome to my 545th ever show of all around sports. Reach Monday at noon Eastern time. We broadcast live to go all around the world of sports for one hour to discuss what happened last week and what's ahead for this week. To join the show, the call-in number is 1-866-472-5788, or you can email me at iir at comcast.net, which comes to me through my website at www.iirsports.com. As always, I will give my highlights, lowlights, and bizarre news items from this past week. Also, we will be joined next segment by our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Studham, co-host of the popular weekly syndicated radio show, A.P. and Kelly As We See It, heard around the Southeast and on Spotify and other platforms as well, where they discuss the SEC, college football, and other sports as well. Well, yesterday was an amazing Super Bowl to say the least, it is my highlight of the week, and it had an amazing ending going into overtime, where what seemed like the inevitable happened, which of course is Patrick Mahomes leading the Chiefs down the field for the game-winning touchdown to McCole Hardman. This, of course, after they went down the field for the tying touchdown to set up the overtime in the first place. So, uh, great game and Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reed now have themselves at minimum, the beginnings of a dynasty. Uh, they've won three Super Bowls, So I guess you could, uh, call it a dynasty. Um, but again, certainly, uh, you know, the makings of a dynasty is underway. Um, he was just uh, amazing. Mahomes was. Uh, he just seems to make every big play when it needs to be played, when it needs to be made, whether it's a run or a pass, short, long, or otherwise. Uh, he just has an unbelievable knack. Um, and, you know, hats off to him. He's really uh, just uh, special, truly, truly special. And, uh, yeah, it was just a great game to watch. 49ers come out blazing, but they were not uh, piling up points. They were getting field goals, and it just wasn't uh, – you know, wasn't what they needed to put the Chiefs away. You, you literally have to put them away. And they simply did not do it. Uh, lots of chances, it seemed. But, uh, you know, you, you just cannot let Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs uh, stay around. It was uh, 
you know, he, he's just produced so many times when it counts in Super Bowls. And uh, he certainly did that again last night. Again, watching the game, you know, and all credit to Brock Purdy, the young 49ers quarterback. I mean, as is a big part of the chatter today, but basically his where does he stand after this game, his reputation. Uh, but the last two times he left the field yesterday, he left the field with the lead. <laughs> yeah, so you really can't say anything negative about him. And, uh, and you know, but he, again, he was just up against Patrick Mahomes and it just, again, seemed so inevitable. You, you know, I, I myself was thinking as I'm watching this, you, you, you know, with the clock that, you, you know, we all remember what he did against Buffalo in that playoff game where he basically scored in 13 seconds. So, uh, any amount of time being left on the clock for him was going to be too much. Anything probably, uh, more than 13 seconds or so. And so again, it just, as it was grinding along into the late in the fourth quarter and into overtime, you just felt, uh, I felt there was just an air of an inevitability, you know, to the whole thing. Um, and Andy Reed, the coach, I mean, you have to, uh, now really recognize what he's doing with that team. Um, you know, he was having trouble breaking through. We all remember when he was coach of the Eagles. Uh, and when he finally broke through that first Super Bowl victory against these very same 49ers, um, you know, now the floodgates have opened, it feels like, uh, with two more, two in a row. And oh, by the way, a big storyline heading into next season doesn't take long for this to get established is obviously them, the Chiefs, becoming the first team ever in the Super Bowl era to win three in a row. So that is going to be their uh, their mission, their calling card, and uh, their, their purpose, shall we say, going into this coming season. And uh, so that's going to be fun to watch. It's one heck of a storyline, uh, to say the least. Um, on the flip side, had the 49ers won, I found this quite intriguing for two teams I've followed closely my whole life, growing up in Western Pennsylvania, the Steelers, and uh, being up in Boston as a New England uh, Patriot season ticket member for the past number of decades. Uh, the Steelers and the Patriots are tied alone at the top with six Super Bowl wins for each franchise and they stand alone and happened to notice uh, right before game time, I looked it up and sure enough, the 49ers have five. So had they won, they would have gone into that rare air with the Patriots and Steelers as uh, the third franchise to have six Super Bowl victories. Um, so Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes, they're, they're looking very Belichick Brady-like is about all you can say at this point. And that leads into my bizarre story of the week, which is how the new overtime rule came into play. Uh, as I was watching the clock wind down uh, in the overtime, and I, of course, was just thinking, uh, force of habit, that, you know, 
they seem to be letting it go and like setting up this pass play, uh, which ultimately was the touchdown to McCole Hardman that won the game with a few seconds left. Uh, but I kept thinking if they run out of time and don't leave themselves time to kick a field goal, they're going to lose the game. I thought it would end with the 49ers having a three point lead, but lo and behold, uh, the game would have continued because it was, in fact, the Chiefs' first possession of the overtime. Of course, the 49ers had, had kicked a field goal with their possession. Chiefs get the ball back, and they basically held it till the end of the game and had, again, the clock expired on that first overtime. Apparently, the game would have continued, which... Uh, I feel like I was not alone in wondering as that clock was kicking down, ticking down. I was like, "Oh my gosh, are they going to, you know, go for a pass and potentially risk not getting uh, a field goal off?" But I, and I think many, many others, if not millions of others, just had it wrong. And the game, yeah, I didn't find this out till this morning. You know, well, I was chatted, chatted last night in the post game. Um, it, it would have just continued on, which, again, struck me as, you know, pretty bizarre, uh, to put it mildly. Um, my low light of the week was the 49ers kicker, Jake Moody, missing uh, the extra point. It was blocked. First one of the year, I think he was something that sounds like, you know, 55 out of 55 for the year. And, uh, you know, that just set up the entire ending that what had he baited, it would have been a four point lead and everything would have changed. Instead, the fact that it remained a three point lead when the 49ers uh, scored that touchdown late, um, it just changed everything. It changed the entire strategy for both teams. And then basically it turned into a game of field goals, which which obviously would have been rendered null and void had he made the extra point. Um, so uh, that was, in my mind, a real uh, crazy situation, given that he's a great kicker of University of Michigan, I believe, and uh, hadn't missed one all year and uh, a heck of a time for that to happen. Uh, but all credit to the Chiefs, they blocked it. Um, and what else can you say? So all in all, uh, what more can you ask for than a Super Bowl going into overtime? Um, and again, it just felt like the, you know, uh, the 49ers missed some early opportunities. Of course, there was a physical game. There were some fumbles. Um, there was, the, of course, the punt that hit one of the Chiefs uh, or one of the 49ers' foot, causing the other 49er return man to uh, go for it, knowing it was a live ball, and uh, and that produced a, a huge, huge fumble, perhaps one of the key plays of the entire game, a turning point, to say the least. Um, Christian McCaffrey was just amazing, as always. Uh, he was of course, the Offensive Player of the Year, and uh, well-deserved, a touchdown machine, as we all know, and uh, <clears throat> and he just played great, but he did have a fumble early on, which was just, like, shocking. Uh, it, 
he just feels like he never does anything wrong. Um, so that that was, I think that was a sign of things to come that it was going to be a really, really physical game. That's exactly how it turned out, and uh, yeah. So um, Vegas first game, first Super Bowl ever in Vegas. That was interesting, uh, to say the least. Uh, by all accounts, it was a massive, massive success. I think the average price for a ticket was $9,000. That's an un- unbelievable number. You know, high price tickets are one thing. Average price is a different thing. And the fact that the average price was apparently in that 9000 range was just, you know, eye-popping, uh, you know, to put it mildly. The crowd was great. The halftime show was good. Um, it was all the bells and whistles. Uh, all week long from talk radio and radio row, which I listened to throughout the week to shows setting up out there, uh, all the ESPN shows and whatnot. Uh, it seems like everybody absolutely positively just loved it being in Vegas. Uh, I have seen the new stadium, not inside, but I did drive by it. Uh, it was under construction, but the shell of the stadium was certainly intact. It, it looked finished from the outside at the time. And, uh, you know, it's right down at one end of the strip, back a, couple, back a little bit, uh, behind Mandalay Bay and Luxor, I believe, if any of you um, know that area. And I'm sure a lot of you do. And uh, so um, everything is walkable. And having been to a number of Super Bowl weeks uh, and on Radio Row and that type of thing, uh, with all the events going on, it's really nice when everything is walkable, such as, say, the city of New Orleans, for instance, where you can pretty much walk to 90-plus percent of the activities. Um, So I, I think that that was probably something... In addition to the obvious, it's Vegas, uh, that was a big hit. I, I think everybody, you know, really likes when you can walk uh, to pretty much everything. Although in Vegas, it's a long walk. Things always look further than they appear there. Um, and once you walk them, it's like, uh, it, it's a hike, to put it mildly. So, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, I think the NFL hit a, a grand slam home run with this one. Uh, having it in Vegas seemed inevitable in recent years, uh, really ever since the Supreme Court ruling uh, allowing states to legalize gambling back a few years ago, which was the game changer. And we all know how the world has changed since then. Uh, and never more so than the NFL holding its first ever Super Bowl in Vegas. So now let's take our break, and we'll be joined next segment by our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Studham, co-host of the popular weekly syndicated radio show, A.P. and Kelly, As We See It, heard around the Southeast and on Spotify and other platforms as well, where they discuss the SEC, college football, and other sports as well, so don't go anywhere. Follow Voice America at Facebook.com forward slash Voice America for juicy updates from your favorite radio shows and podcasts. 
Planning for college? Tune in to Getting In, a college coach conversation for tips, techniques, and insider perspectives. Hosted by Bright Horizons College Coach, a team of former admissions and financial aid officers, the show takes a deep dive on subjects such as choosing the best essay topic, negotiating merit aid, and navigating the common app. Listeners will learn what really goes into college acceptance decisions from the experts who used to make them. New episodes drop Thursdays on the Voice America Variety Channel. Do you know that over 70% of Americans with severe disabilities are unemployed? Are you one of the 2.5 million Americans with epilepsy? If you are or know someone struggling with these issues, tune in to Disability Matters with Joyce Bender. On the show, Joyce will discuss these issues as well as others. She will have on nationally known guests that will offer helpful insight on disability matters and let you, the listener, call in with your questions and concerns. So if you struggle with a disability or know someone who does, listen to Disability Matters with Joyce Bender. Heard every Tuesday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time here on VoiceAmerica.com. Tune in to The Patricia Raskin Show on VoiceAmerica.com every Monday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time. This is the program that helps you turn obstacles into opportunities, challenges into solutions, and find answers to tough questions with the award-winning powerhouse voice of radio, Patricia Raskin. So tune in and call in to The Patricia Raskin Show, Mondays at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time, right here on the Voice America Variety Channel. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com. You are listening to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Become a part of today's show by calling 1 866 472 5788. That's 1 866 472 5788. Or by sending an email to IIR at Comcast.net. Now back to the show. Voice America listeners, welcome back to segment two of All Around Sports. And I am your host, John Inglesby. To join the show, the call-in number is 1-866-472-5788. Or you can email me at IIR at Comcast.net. And it's that time of the show when our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Studham, co-host of the popular weekly syndicated radio show, AP and Kelly, As We See It, heard around the Southeast and on Spotify and other platforms as well, where they discuss the SEC, college football, and other sports as well. And AP, how are you doing today? Hey, good morning, John. Thank you so much for having me on the show. Well, thank you as always, AP. We appreciate especially you uh, being up bright and early because you are in Las Vegas uh, the epicenter of the universe for the past week, and uh, and we're um, excited to hear all about your week in Ve- Vegas, the first ever Super Bowl held there, and I can only imagine how exciting it must have been. Yeah, John, it was it was terrific. The Super Bowl, they usually have very good access to the players and coaches, which I love because it's. Uh, particularly, let's say, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, you're visiting with uh, many, many players and coaches, and you get a chance to just sit down with them. Uh, many times, uh, some of the players, you can talk to one-on-one sitting at the right. table, and the coaches as well. So, for instance, I had a long, long conversation with the special team coach of San Francisco. 
And we right. all saw in the game there was there was a couple of mistakes. No doubt and about we it. We were discussing those those types of things. The return and every player has to uh, perform their role, the snap and the hold and the kick. And we saw that they missed their extra point. We saw there was the uh, errant uh, punt hitting a player and uh, Kansas City recovering. It makes a difference in the game. So special teams, um, it's always something that I, I try to review for every ball game because it's so critical. Absolutely. Um, yeah, it was uh, two major points of the game. I talked about it in the first segment today in the show. Uh, you know, the Jake Moody, the kicker for the 49ers, rookie, I believe, out of the University of Michigan, hadn't missed an extra point all year. I think he was like 55 for 55 or something like that. And uh, and it was blocked. Yeah, um, right. But it was it was a low kick, and you know, yes, it was. AP, it, yeah, yeah, and AP, it just set up the rest of the game. It went from the potential of a four point lead, of course, was then a three point lead, and everything played out from there, completely based on the fact it was a three point lead because the rest of the time, I believe, it was just field goals until the winning touchdown, of course. Um, right. Yeah. Yeah. That extra point is, is a, a serious matter, <laughs> serious matter. I mean, and you knew it, you know, I'm a big believer AP that, you, you know, like when I watch baseball and you know, there's a long held belief going back since day one that, you know, if you commit an error, it's going to come back and haunt you always in baseball. And I think the same thing applies to like other sports particularly things like missed extra points, stuff like that, stuff you don't normally see, in other words. So do the math, as they say. The, the minute you did the math, it's like, uh-oh, three-point lead instead of four-point lead, that is going to be a problem. And, and indeed it was. Yeah, John, I mean, San Francisco, they played very, very well, I thought. They did. Uh, their quarterback, Brock Purdy, had a nice ball game, but there were just a few plays um, you know, they couldn't stop him on the last drive to to maintain that lead, and they ended up losing. Uh, they strove the field, and when they had their chance, uh, they had to take the field goals. And the first half, of course, they, they should probably put more points on the board, and that exactly. haunted them, and that'll, that'll forever haunt them. Forever. Forever. No doubt about it, AP. Now, AP, at the end of the overtime... You know, and I think uh, I talked about this in the first segment where, you know, at the time I, I don't profess to be an expert on the rules or the new rules. And, you know, right. Chiefs seemed to be letting the clock run down to like under 10 seconds. And I was going, oh, my gosh, they got to get this playoff because if they don't leave themselves time for a field goal, they're going to lose the game. And lo and behold, come to find out after the game, actually in Chris. One of Chris Morton, excuse me, Chris Bert, uh, Berman's post-game interviews, he touched on it, and then I realized that the game would have continued on because it was the Chiefs' first possession of the overtime that would have just carried over into, I guess, what would be quote the second quarter of overtime, so to speak. Uh, did you know that going in? Did you know what was happening? Cause no, I confess, no, I did not. No, but. Yeah, no, I did not know that, John. And of course, we don't get paid as much as any player or coach, so exactly right. Not exactly right. Yeah. I did get an alert 
this morning on my phone, just, you know, with various news bulletins here and there, that said, um, basically, there's something to the effect, I'm trying to look it up, but anyway, that 49ers player, some 49ers players said after the game, they were not familiar with the new overtime rule, exactly what we're talking about. The game would have continued on. Um, and interesting in the context of Patrick Mahomes talking post game uh, about with Chris Berman specifically, and that was the conversation about the fact that they had been going over. They had someone come in and were going over this overtime rule. So they weren't worried about the clock winding down under 10 seconds, I believe, if I'm not mistaken. And everybody, what most people watching were probably going, what, you know, what the heck right. is going on here? Yes. Right. Apparently right. the Chiefs yeah. weren't. Yeah, yeah, John, I mean, even if you didn't know the overtime rules up until the Super Bowl, I mean, that had to be something with, that was part of your game plan to discuss the, the potential of playing in an overtime and here are the rules. Let's let's go over those one more time. And so that's kind of disappointing. That is disappointing. That kind of it is disappointing. Yeah, I mean it's shocking. Um, it, it really is. is. Yeah. yeah, and yeah, I just, all the details. I mean, yeah, you know, I mean John, difference. You know, all the details. What time to go to bed? What time to get on the bus? What time? All these different things, and you don't know the rules of the game. Apparently, who knows? It's tough to say. I think it's a little too early to be to know exactly because this yes. is just sort of a yeah. you know, a lot of stuff moving across my phone today with you know, shall we say the aftermath, and that just happened right. to be one. Right. You know, I, I didn't read the story. I didn't have time yes. ready for the show, but it did say that, and I just glanced at it and said, "Hmm, that's interesting," and we don't know how many players said it. Who knows how it might have played out. But uh, yeah. anyway, I, I think what is correct is that the Chiefs apparently had gone over it uh, or have a rules expert in-house or somebody brought in, whatever, that explained it yeah. some, at some point before the Super Bowl. And, and they seemed to use that at the end. They seemed to know what they were doing when <laughs> nobody else knew what they were doing. Yeah. At least I didn't. <laughs> right. Yes, you're right. Exactly. Yeah, John. So it, it, apparently at this, at this point, at this moment that we're having this discussion, uh, they were better prepared, it seems. It, it appears. It appears. Um, AP, we've already come to the end of our first segment together. Uh, and we still have a lot more to get to the other side. Uh, a lot to chew on after that game. And we'll do a little bit more of that after the break. Mm-hmm. So don't go anywhere. Voice America is on your favorite smart speaker. If you have Alexa or Google Home, go ahead and give us a try. Hey, Alexa, play Finding Your Frequency podcast on TuneIn. Today, our 40s sit firmly in midlife. We are starting to feel our place and have many productive years ahead. But now is the best time to plan for our future life. Listen for 45 Forward with host Ron Roel. From retirement to health and technology to caring for our parents, no topic is off the table. We don't have a roadmap to our actual future, but we can start to plan more effectively. Tune into 45 Forward, Mondays at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, noon Pacific Time, on the Voice America Variety Channel. 
Psych Up Live with host Dr. Suzanne Phillips offers a psychological perspective on coping with common and current life issues. This show addresses topics as varied as marital stress, insomnia, depression, raising teens, campus violence, and building self-resilience. Listen in as Dr. Phillips and her guest experts share the latest in books, findings, and information that will inform and enhance your life journey. Psych Up Live is heard every Thursday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Break out your camo and waders because it's Finn and Fur this week on The Revolution with Jim and Trav. Joining the boys for some hog shank in action will be Pigman, a.k.a. the Stealer of Hog Hearts and host of Pigman the Series. Plus, Chris Robinson from Night Crew will shed light on night hunting for predators. And Cat Daddy will prep us to battle monster catfish. The Revolution is presented by Outdoor Channel, Sportsman Channel, World Fishing Network, and My Outdoor TV. Saturdays at 9 a.m. Pacific, noon Eastern on the Voice America Variety Channel. Tune in every Friday to get your weekend kickoff early. Join the legendary G. Keith Alexander for What's Hot Harlem America. The flagship show of the new Harlem America Digital Network has something for everyone. From the latest in entertainment to empowerment, health and wellness, and more, we'll bring you a variety of fresh viewpoints, voices, and ideas. What's Hot Harlem America with G. Keith Alexander can be heard every Friday at 1 p.m. in New York and 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. listening to all around sports with your host john inglesby become a part of today's show by calling 1-866-472-5788 that's 1-866-472-5788 or by sending an email to iir at comcast.net now back to the show voice america listeners welcome back to segment three of all around sports and i'm your host john inglesby to join the show the call-in number is 1-866-472-5788, or you can email me at iir at comcast.net. And back on the line with us is our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Stedham, co-host of the popular weekly syndicated radio show, A.P. and Kelly, As We See It, heard around the Southeast and on Spotify and other platforms as well, where they discuss the SEC, college football, and other sports as well. And A.P., you're out in Vegas still. And we, of course, spent the last segment talking about the game, which was epic. Went into overtime. Can't ask for anything more than that in the Super Bowl, no doubt about it. But, AP, you're out there all week, I know. And uh, and you already said, you know, it was a great week and you had a good opportunity to, uh, to you know, talk to a fair amount of people because the NFL does such a great job of, uh, you know, making people available, but how was the rest of your week? Uh, it just sounded like, uh, like it was very successful. Yeah, John, you know, when you get a chance to speak to the quarterbacks and the star players on the offensive defense, um, that's a, a, a very comforting feeling because you're not, you're not, sometimes you're not sure if that's going to happen uh, with various sports, but it's like I say, from Tuesday, on Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday, um, so many players and coaches are available. Um, you, you could be speaking one-on-one at a table with that person or uh, with that player or a coach. 
and then the star players are there for so long that usually you have a, a moment to uh, get close enough to ask them a question as well, and it doesn't matter, uh, you know, the size of your outlet or organization. Um, I was able to speak to Patrick Mahomes. I asked him about what is, what is his preference now as a quarterback running, throwing the ball in the run, or being in the pocket, and he wow. commented how when he was younger, uh, probably running around in the pocket. But and right. now he says that, that he doesn't have a preference, and, you know, he's very good at both. So sure that is. was that was interesting. Yeah, and then uh, Travis Kelsey, I was able to ask him directly about. I mean, the one game he, I think, was he was targeted eleven times, caught all eleven, and other games where he's dropping the football. And obviously, it's not because he can't catch, but he, I asked him to be reflective on those moments, and he gave a very thoughtful answer how his focus was running after the catch and not think about. Uh, catching the football and following it um, right into his hands and securing it. Yeah, which is about as basic as it gets, and it just shows that uh, you, yeah. you know even the best of the best can you you know right. uh, not not do the the most simplest of tasks for someone like him, which is of course simply catching the ball. But he's a great runner. After he catches the ball, as we've seen time and time and time again over the years, and uh, and yeah, but so that's you know that's enlightening. It really is. Uh, so yeah, um, no AP. Where was I, I noticed? Uh, is there a new hotel out there, like a Hilton, that seemed to be the epicenter? I noticed NFL honors, I believe, were held there, and. They, they showed a picture of the skyline, and it struck me. I haven't been to Vegas in a bit. Uh, it's been a minute. Um, yeah. But am yeah, I right about that? Was that like a new hotel, and was that like the NFL Central, yeah, so to speak? I, I believe it, yeah, I believe it was New John. It was out by Lake Las Vegas. Oh. So we were bused about um, – it was about 30 minutes uh, from our hotel. Uh, oh, my downtown. gosh. Yeah. And so, was it a hill? And then when you – yeah, I, yes, and then you had to, if you had to make a, um, the trek during the traffic hour, there was a few more minutes tacked on to the trip. Oh, wow. I, I thought uh, I thought I saw it like as part of the Vegas skyline because it kind of jumped out at me because I picked up on Thursday night. I watched NFL Honors, and it felt like it was at the Hilton. But out there, you know, in Vegas, like things uh, – Things can be closer than they appear. Objects may be closer than they appear. So, but yeah, you're, you're saying you're correct it was, about that. John. It's massive. Yeah, there's massive structures, and you're thinking, oh, that's close, but really, it's it's the, because of the size of the building. You're believing you're close. It's a mirage. Oh, so I have to ask the question, like, not to get too much into geography here, but uh, if you're standing on the strip, were you able to see this hotel? Uh, I don't think I could, John. I don't believe okay. so. Maybe it was just the angle I shot. Uh, it was just one particular shot that caught my yeah. eye. And... Yeah, it, it, yeah, it could be. Right, it could be, John. It, it, you could be correct, but I, I didn't try to look for it, uh, right. per se. Uh, not ex- yeah. that, that wasn't your job out there, uh, that's for sure, <laughs> <laughs> to give us an analysis of skyline views of Vegas. Yeah, right, but, right. Uh, right. AP, uh yeah, I thought, you know, the presentation and everything looked great on TV. You know, I've driven by the stadium when it was built, did not go inside, but it looked great, you know, on TV, both outside and inside. And I know you have been in that right. stadium. 
uh, on a couple of yes. occasions, I believe. But yeah, it looked, uh, yeah, it just looked like a great atmosphere and, you know, great halftime show as well. Uh, and how would you rate Vegas? As a Super Bowl city, to ask the obvious question, first time ever. I mean, you've been to a lot. I've been to a few. Uh, how, how would you? Yeah. Uh, what's your take on it? Yeah, John, I would I would rate it uh, fairly high because there's so many options um, to eat. Uh, the hotel for the meeting was right downtown. We had the, the bus. The transportation service was very good and. And they yep. they had a lot of um, options uh, because you know it wasn't just one media bus; it just kept it rolling until sure. people arrived. So that was good too. So it staggered. I enjoyed that as well. Yeah, the NFL uh, they do it right. You know, they they're just experts at it, and nobody makes it more user friendly for the media than the NFL. And uh, AP was a. The fact that Vegas is, you know, generally speaking, a walkable city, although those walks are, as I said in an earlier segment, a lot longer than they appear. They're long. Uh, yeah, they're, they're long. incredible. Yeah, that, that's one thing. Yeah, the, the walk, these hotel structures are massive, John. Massive. And, and you just, think just something to, is right down the street. Make it, yeah, make it to the different uh, ballrooms and convention centers. Uh, you, you, you better have your walking shoes on. That's true. And, and importantly, in Vegas, once you get there to whatever structure you're going to, it's not when you get there, you said it perfectly, like getting to like the ballrooms and everything is could, becomes its own separate walk. <laughs> and it can, be pretty gar- <laughs> right, right. it can be pretty gargantuan. Um, yes, yes. But generally speaking, did it feel like or come across to you as generally like a walking city, like, you know, which I think is always good for a Super Bowl? Yeah, to some degree, John. You know how in Las Vegas, they you can't walk sometimes from the corner to the next corner. You have to walk up the stairs or take the, the overpass. escalator and then come walking right the overpass. Yeah, that's those are quite frequent. So if you're quite. used to being a person to just say, well, yeah, I'd like to walk the half a mile. Well, the half a mile might be a mile or so. Yes, yes, exactly. Uh, it, it it always amazes me. It never changes. Um, you, you know, I don't know what the correct word is—depth of perception or something. But you know, you look and you say, "Ah, oh, that looks like a couple blocks away." You know, whether you're at whatever Mandalay Bay right. and you're going to go up to Caesars, and it's like right there yeah. in front of you. It appears, and then boy, yeah. once you walk it, <laughs> it's it's a hike. But but all in all, you liked it. You you felt that Vegas, uh, you know, come off pretty well for everybody. I think so, John. I, I really do. Um, that was that's the only um, I'd say uh, issue was was the length of the walks. I would say correct, correct. Well, I'm sure you had your walking shoes on. You know, Vegas beyond just going to the Super Bowl. You've yeah. been there. I know a number yeah. of times, as have yeah. I. And uh, yeah. so I'm sure you were ready, and hopefully your 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 feet aren't blistered, and you still have some steps left in you. <laughs> I sure do, John. Yeah, I sure do. And I'm I'm always glad that I can walk. You know, you keep you keep moving. Absolutely, got to keep moving. No doubt about it. Well, AP, uh, 
We're at the end of this second segment together. We still have one more to go. And something I wanted to uh, talk with you about, because I know you're very interested, as am I, as is everybody else. They, of course, on Thursday night at NFL Honors in very Hollywood-like fashion, you know, announced the new members of the Pro Football Hall of Fame, class of 2024. I'll get the names out before we take our break. Uh, but it was Dwight Freeney. Devin Hester, Andre Johnson, Julius Peppers, Patrick Willis, Randy Gratishar as a senior, and Steve McMichael as a senior. So why don't we take our break now, and um, really anxious to get your thoughts, because you're an expert in the areas of the Hall of Fame, voting and whatnot. Uh, why don't we uh, take our break now, and we'll, we'll talk about the newest class in the Pro Football Hall of Fame after the break. So don't go anywhere. A little birdie told me Voice America is on X. Follow us at Voice America TRN. Millions of people do not have children. Around the world, becoming a parent may be an unrealized dream and increasingly a deliberate choice. Yet our experiences remain largely unacknowledged across cultures, families, and friendships. Unconscious bias in public and workplace policy, media narratives, and educational content often renders us invisible. New Legacy Radio reveals these missing stories through the perspectives of our community and allies as we work to achieve meaningful change that recognizes our true and diverse experiences. New Legacy Radio, Tuesdays at 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. All who live face a time of passing. Is death the end? Or will souls enter an afterlife? Have you ever wondered about historical figures and what they would say if they were alive today? Psychics and authors Barry and Connie Strom will use their gift of spirit communication to answer questions and channel spirits concerning the hereafter. Tune in to Spirit Speak, exploring the afterlife with Barry and Connie Strom at 9 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Planning for college? Tune in to Getting In, a college coach conversation for tips, techniques, and insider perspectives. Hosted by Bright Horizons College Coach, a team of former admissions and financial aid officers, the show takes a deep dive on subjects such as choosing the best essay topic, negotiating merit aid, and navigating the common app. Listeners will learn what really goes into college acceptance decisions from the experts who used to make them. New episodes drop Thursdays on the Voice America Variety Channel. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in your brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. You are listening to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Become a part of today's show by calling 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Or by sending an email to iir at comcast.net. Now back to the show. Voice America listeners, welcome back to the fourth and final segment of All Around Sports. I am your host, John Inglesby. And back on the line with us is our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Studham, co-host of the popular weekly syndicated radio show, A.P. and Kelly, As We See It, heard around the Southeast and on Spotify and other platforms as well, where they discuss the SEC, college football, and other sports as well. And before we get started, my pick of the week 
for appointment viewing is Wake Forest at Duke tonight because hard to believe, hard to say that football season is now over and uh, we need to start turning our attention to other sports. I know never a line. I'm happy to say the day after the Super Bowl, but it is time. And I, I think to a certain degree, you know, college basketball is going to start to take center stage now as we chug towards March Madness. It is, after all, mid-February. Um, so, yeah, uh, what can get you more into college basketball than a game at Cameron Indoor on the campus of Duke University, where, by the way, I happened to be at not all that long ago. And it was uh, great to see the Duke campus in Cameron Indoor. Uh, I'd seen it before, but it was good to see it again. Uh, but AP, we had talked about the new uh, electees into the Hall of Fame. I'll throw this out there. My, my first, what jumped out of me right off the bat was, you know, Dwight Freeney, because you know, as a Patriots season ticket member, uh, you know, I got to see him play, and he he was a terror on the field in the in the epic, you know. Colts, Patriots rivalry, Peyton versus Brady, and Dwight Freeney certainly had some memorable plays and memorable games during uh, what was for a long time the best rivalry in the NFL, to say the least. Yeah, John, I mean, that's a special pick for uh, the people from the state of Connecticut. Um, you, you don't find too many players in the Pro Football of Fame. Had a great career at Syracuse and outstanding yep. long career with, uh, in the NFL, and he was an undersized player in height, you know, had strength and quickness, extraordinaire, so that's what led to his injection into the Pro Football Hall of Fame, so, um, you know, I was happy for Dwight, I actually, it was interesting, uh, John, I interviewed Dwight, he was inducted into the College Football Hall of Fame here in Las Vegas in December, right. I got a oh. chance to speak with him. He's had a good couple months. Pretty nice, not too bad. Back to back, or well, right. one skip there, uh, December to February. But yeah, that was quite nice for him and his family. It's wonderful. It's wonderful. And you know, Syracuse is uh, a team I've always been interested in, being from the Northeast. Um, the first game I ever saw, Penn State game, and I grew up near Penn State, was Syracuse way back in the day. And, uh, as a young kid, so I've always had, uh, you know, an interest in Syracuse, um, given their tradition, to put it mildly. But yeah, that was nice to see. And then Devin Hester, AP, uh, the, probably the most accomplished returner in league history. I'm just looking at his bio real quick. 14 punt returns for touchdowns, five kickoff returns. That's like beyond impressive and... Uh, and it was his third year, and uh, good to see him get in. I just happened to see a little interview with him last week that talked about his strong desire, and he felt like this might be the year, but a strong desire, as as are all players' strong desire to get into the Hall of Fame. So I was glad to see him voted in. I really was. Yeah, Devin Hester in breaking ground. Um, and, uh, yeah, anytime... The ball was in the air in a uh, kickoff, especially in, in punt returns. Well, you were on the edge of the, your seat because you thought he might take it a distance, and you, you you mentioned all those big numbers. 
he was so fast and uh, productive. Uh, every any special teams coach would want somebody of his caliber on the roster. Yes, he he turned you, you know uh, special teams returns to an art form. He just did. He was unique. And he was a good receiver, by the way, as well. Got a lot of passes over the years. But I think what we always remember when Devin Hester comes to mind is he returned the opening kickoff of the 2006 Super Bowl, which the Colts eventually won. Uh, Hester played for the Bears, and he returned the opening kickoff for a touchdown. And if last night was a way to end the Super Bowl, as in with overtime, uh, what better way to begin a Super Bowl than a kickoff return, right? <laughs> um, so... Very, very memorable. But who jumped out at UAP? Um, any others that really just grabbed your attention on uh, that were elected? No, no, John, not not really. I um, some of these, these names now, they're, maybe they're going, maybe they're um, you know reaching past somebody to elect them. So I probably have to review it a little bit further to. Give a better opinion for you, but uh, the kick return, I guess, that's the one. Devin Hester. Oh yeah. Um, the know, signature the moment. That, yeah, yeah. That, when something like that. It's like the first time you let the punter in or a kicker, and now now a kick returner. Yes, and by the way, this little piece I saw on him, he coaches his son's team, and his son looks like uh, he might be following in his father's footsteps. He looks like a dominant. <laughs> player, young boy. We're talking something that sounds like 10, 12 years old, uh, but they showed uh, some of his games because Devin's the coach. But uh, I was intrigued, AP, by Julius Peppers. And the reason being that, you know, he went to the University of North Carolina where he not only played football, but I think he was a great basketball player, if I'm remembering correctly. Great basketball player. Yeah, played yeah played some basketball as well. And at that height, six foot seven. Yeah, I believe it was a left hander on the basketball court. So, yes. Yeah, he was very versatile. That's had, something you see you know, a lot of these days, AP. No. Yeah. No, n- not too much. Very rare, actually. Yes. Very, very rare. I don't even know that hardly any coaches would allow it much anymore. Um, I, I think most coaches no. would fight it. As far as they could fight it, unless they were, you know, we're going back to the era like the Bo Jacksons and the Deion Sanders is here, but Julius Peppers was, you know, a more recent version of that, and he was a great player for, you know, made his name at the uh, uh, Carolina Panthers, and yeah, two-sport star, I'm looking right at his bio, and yeah, two-sport two star at UNC, uh, and, you know, let's face it, UNC is known for their unbelievable basketball program, the Tar Heels. So the fact he was even on the team, uh, you know, is a testament to what a great athlete he must be. And I, I actually, the name that caught my eye also was, you know, Randy Gratishar. I just, for whatever reason, you know, just remember him yeah. very well. Like, he always jumped out at me as kind of like, the leader of the orange crush defense just, you, you know, I mean, he was just a great player for them. Yeah. He, yeah. He's been a name that's been mentioned to the senior uh, committee many, many times. And so he finally broke through. Correct. And I know, I know one time speaking with Paul Warfield, that was the player 
Um, he was trying to fellow Ohio State Buckeye. He was trying to make sure that uh, Randy was inducted, and so that he saw that come to, uh, come true. Yeah, yeah. I mean, for you know, fans of a certain age, uh, you know, Randy Gratishar is a name you instantly recognize. And honestly, you know, like I hadn't thought of him in a while. But the minute you know, I'm watching the NFL honors and they said his name. I was like, Oh wow. Yeah. I remember him. <laughs> you know, right. he's a great yeah. player. I think he played yeah. like Tom Jackson and people like that. Uh, yeah. You know, on the outstanding orange crush defense, uh, late seventies, I believe was the time frame. Um, right. Yeah. So that was good. Uh, but it's always a big moment. Um, you know, when they announced the hall of fame, I like the way they do it. You, you know, on Thursday night, uh, I think it's a great show, um, and I just really enjoyed it. And uh, of course, Steve McMichael was the other senior that was voted in, and he is, uh, yeah. you know, member of the fame Chicago Bears forty-six defense, legendary to put it mildly. Arguably, you know, the greatest defense for one year in the history of the NFL. Um, so it's hard for me to say that, AP, as someone who grew up watching the Steel Curtain. But uh, but right. that team was legendary. And, uh, yeah, so it was, uh, yeah, I, I thought it was, you know, a good class. You know, it really was. Uh, you know, we're, we're getting up there to the point, AP, where these players don't feel like they played all that long ago, if you know what I'm saying. Right, right. Yeah, absolutely. You know, that, yeah, yeah, the process is, it changes over time. And it sure does. It was, it was a, yeah, so that that does happen. And there's does. always uh, he. You know, there's always um, let's say spirited uh, conversations about who should be inducted. And I know some players, um, you know, they feel they should be first ballot, but I don't think they understand the complexities of the. the and the restraints of a limited amount of making the Pro Football Fame each year. So it doesn't mean, yes. you, mean you, you know, they're, they're seeking greatness with all their votes. And it, and it takes a moment, uh, even though you might consider yourself a first ballot Hall of Famer. Correct. Correct. No, it's a hard one to get into. No doubt about it. Um, well, AP, thank you so much for calling in. From Vegas, no less, early in the, early in the morning out there, maybe in into mid morning now. But nonetheless, uh, we appreciate you finding the time to give us a great report on your Super Bowl week in Vegas, and we just really appreciate it as always. Hey, thank you, John. I really had a nice time, and I, I really appreciate you having me on the show. Us to AP, and as always, thank you all for listening to All Around Sports, and we look forward to doing it all again next Monday at noon Eastern Time. Thanks again for tuning into All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Be sure to tune in again next Monday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, 12 noon Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have a terrific weekend, and we'll talk sports again next week.